This is AutoLine Daily, the show dedicated to enthusiasts of the global automotive industry. The UAW went to war with the Detroit-based automakers over a new labor contract, and now it's going after all the others. UAW President Sean Fain said he's going to organize the Japanese, Korean, and German automakers building vehicles in the U.S. Here's what Fain said in the latest video posted by the union. To all the auto workers out there working without the benefits of a union, now it's your turn. Since we began our stand-up strike, the response from auto workers at non-union companies has been overwhelming. Workers across the country, from the West to the Midwest, and especially in the South, are reaching out to join our movement and to join the UAW. Fain offered no numbers or proof that the UAW is getting an overwhelming response from non-union workers. In the past, the UAW has said the same thing, only to lose election after election. But Fain is clearly a different union organizer, and we expect him to launch an organization campaign very different from any of the earlier efforts. But will the UAW go after Tesla? Fain says he wants to. But last year, Elon Musk famously dared the union to organize his workers and promised that Tesla would do nothing to stop it. Yesterday, at a forum put on by the New York Times, Musk had this to say about unions. Quote, I think unions naturally try to create negativity in a company and create a sort of lords and peasants situation. There are many people at Tesla who have gone from working on the line to being in senior management. There's no lords or peasants. Musk went on to point out that executives use the same parking lots and eat in the same lunch areas as the company's line workers. And it gives those hourly workers stock options that have made some of them millionaires. He said if the UAW did organize Tesla, then the company deserved it because that would represent some sort of failure. And here's another reason why Musk will fight any organization effort. Ford says the UAW strike last month cost the company $1.7 billion and that the new contract will add $8.8 billion in labor costs over the life of the contract. But let's shift away from the U.S. and look over to Europe, where EV sales are set to take off next year thanks to low-cost models. According to the European Automobile Manufacturers Association, EV market share will grow by 40% in 2024, which will be driven by cheaper EVs equipped with LFP batteries. It predicts that the share will grow from about 14 to 15% this year to 20% next year. Are dual chemistry battery packs the answer to long-distance EV driving? Our next Energy, or one, put its dual chemistry Gemini battery pack in a BMW iX and drove 608 miles, or 978 kilometers, on the WLTP test. That compares to a WLTP range of 380 miles, or 610 kilometers for an iX with the same battery pack that it leaves the factory with. One's Gemini battery pack 
combines LFP cells, which handle everyday driving, together with high-energy density anode-free cells, which take care of long distance. Those chemistries are also more environmentally friendly, with a reduction of nickel and cobalt, 20% less lithium, and 50% less graphite, which will help keep costs down as well. But there's a few other important things to point out here. The Gemini pack is massive. It's around 185 kilowatt hours. The battery from BMW is 111 and a half kilowatt hours. And you would really need to do a lot more long distance driving than you do motoring around town. The LFP cells only provide a range of around 150 miles. The anode free cells provide the remaining 450 miles to do long distances. So if you did a lot of city driving, you'd be dragging around a lot of extra battery weight that you really don't need to. Yesterday, GM announced that it was cutting its profit outlook for the year a little bit, but it's still going to make billions, and the refreshed versions of the Chevy Tahoe and Suburban will be some of its biggest revenue generators. Both models feature new front fascias, updated front rear lighting, and swanky new 24-inch wheels. The interiors see some changes as well, and is highlighted by a new 17.7-inch center screen. The engine lineup under the hood is mostly the same, but the Tahoe and Suburban get the new, more powerful 3-liter Duramax 6-cylinder diesel that was first launched in the Silverado pickup. Chevy also says it puts some more effort into improving the ride and handling of the big SUVs. But interested buyers are going to have to wait, with sales not kicking off until late next year. Sales of new vehicles in the U.S. market are up more than 11% this year. But not at Jeep. Its sales are down 9.5%, with six of its eight models doing worse than last year. And this is a long-term trend. In 2018, Jeep sold 973,000 vehicles in the U.S. Last year, it was only 684,000. And yesterday, Stellantis announced management changes at the Jeep brand. Jim Morrison, who was running Jeep in North America, is being replaced by William Peffer, who had been running Maserati in North America. Morrison will now be in charge of a new business unit that was just created called Jeep Performance Parts. The changes at Jeep actually started at the beginning of this month when the CEO of Global Jeep, Christian Munier, was replaced by Antonio Filosa. Jeep has been hit by a lot of competition, especially from the Ford Bronco and Bronco Sport. But we think it may have also suffered from expanding its lineup too quickly, especially with models designed for suburban parking lots instead of off-road trails. The all-new, all-electric Renault 5 won't make its debut until next year's Geneva Auto Show in late February, but it's showing off a number of teaser pictures today. I think the coolest aspect of the design we're seeing today is the hood. The spot where an air intake might normally be on an ICE car is now a charge indicator screen that displays the number 5 when it's fully charged. Renault also revealed key details, like it will have two battery packs. One is 40 kilowatt hours, while the other is 52 and will provide up to 400 kilometers or roughly 250 miles of range. The 5 will support bi-directional charging as well, 
and it's scheduled to go on sale sometime next year with a starting price around 25,000 euros. Everyone's complaining about the EV charging infrastructure, but help is on the way in the US, the EU, and in China. The first inductive charging public road in the US was just opened in Detroit. It allows EVs with an inductive charging receiver to pick up electricity as they drive down the road. It doesn't really recharge the battery, it just replenishes the electricity the EV is using up. The quarter-mile stretch of road features inductive coils that were installed by an Israeli-based company called Electrion. It's also installed charging roads in Sweden, Germany, Italy, and Israel. The idea is to extend the range of EVs, allowing them to use smaller batteries to cut cost. Moving over to China, BMW and Mercedes teamed up to open a fast-charging network in the country. The joint venture is aiming to build 1,000 fast-charging stations with around 7,000 charging ports by the end of 2026. The first stations will open next year, which will also be open to other brands. But BMW and Mercedes will offer its customers exclusive features. And sports car maker Lotus is launching its own branded fast chargers. It has already deployed them in China and will open more in Europe and the Middle East next year. The 450 kilowatt chargers can add 88 and a half miles or 142 kilometers of range to its Electra EV in just five minutes. It also showed off liquid-cooled power cabinets for locations that require high energy, like highway rest stops. And lastly, Ford has teamed up with a couple of companies to offer smart charging services to help European EV customers save money. Using a smartphone app, customers can input their desired state of charge and departure time while charging at home. Their cars will automatically be charged using tariffs that are designed to maximize cost savings and the use of renewable energy. The service is available in the UK, Germany, the Netherlands, and Norway early next year, starting with Mach-E owners. And while that brings us to the end of today's show, don't forget to also make Autoline After Hours a part of your day. We think there could be big trouble looming for electric pickups, and that debate goes live at 3 p.m. Eastern Time. Auto Line Daily is brought to you by Bridgestone, solutions for your journey. Intrepid Control Systems, over-the-air engineering, boost your game. Borg Warner, propulsion solutions that support a clean, energy-efficient world. Scheffler, we pioneer motion. And by Tajin Automotive Technologies, the formula for better mobility. At Tajin Automotive Technologies, we combine world-class composite materials expertise with cutting-edge designs. Because frankly, there are better ways to lightweight vehicles. So lighten up with Tajin Automotive Technologies, the formula for better mobility. At CES January 9th through 12th, 2024, Intrepid's looking forward to seeing you at our booth 3666 Las Vegas Convention Center in the West Hall. We'll be demonstrating the latest and greatest in the software-defined vehicles and zonal architectures. Automotive Ethernet technologies like 10-base T1S and multi-gigabit. See you at CES 2024 Las Vegas Convention Center in West Hall Booth 3666 or visit intrepidcs.com sales.
At Scheffler, we pioneer motion. Electrifying mobility. Manufacturing smarter. Reducing CO2 emissions. Making energy production clean. Scheffler pioneers motion to advance how the world moves. <laughs>